Hello everyone, welcome to the Harley and Josh show. This week it's without me. Uh, it does make sense, I'm sure. Um, unfortunately, I can't make it. I am, uh, I've been called away on a last minute job uh, with Quatreus. We are doing uh, some open reach events. I am currently in Cardiff. I've got to go to Torquay tomorrow and the following day I've got to drive all the way up to Edinburgh. So it's a bit of a mad week. Um, and uh, I'll hopefully, hopefully we'll survive till next week because uh, we'll be back to normal schedule so I hope. So unfortunately, without me, you're having to listen to Josh on his own for the next 15 minutes. What do you mean? found somebody much more interesting and handsome than myself to um, to uh, fill the space. Yeah, just me. But I just wanted to talk about the last couple of weeks that have uh, just gone on, because there's some really interesting things that's happened in my life that I wanted to share. So uh, first thing is first, I had my first singing lesson, which is a weird one for me. I've talked about... Uh, singing on previous shows um, and how I'm not very good at it and not very confident with it. So I had a lesson with Bronwyn Cooper from Underline the Sky, who's been on the show before. Uh, she's an amazing teacher, really good with building my confidence as well as getting my technique on point, which is exactly what a, uh, uh, a singing teacher really needs to do, is to kind of boost your confidence to make you know that you're able to do the things that you're able to do, which is great. Uh, that was really cool for me, um, and it came into fruition because uh, I had an audition where I had to sing for a ferry contract. Um, that was supposed to happen. Unfortunately, it didn't quite pull off, so uh, I'm still looking for work on that front elsewhere. But it was a really good experience to work with some really cool people because we uh, had uh, uh, like a rehearsal and a film session for a band that we're going to hopefully be going away with ever so soon. So um, I'll keep you in the loop on that one. The other thing is we've had a great gig uh, come in for New Year's Eve. I can't talk about it too much, uh, but we're going to really be pushing to... Uh, with This is with Chart Attack. We're going to be making that happen very soon. It's really quite a big deal. Um, I'll give you more information as it comes along, but I'm really excited, uh, and so the rest of the boys... Uh, and someone else, We uh, Chart Attack is potentially expanding to a five-piece, which... It's going to be really cool. We're going to be able to add so much more to the show and make it really next level. Um, other than that, I've just been doing the odd gig here and there. Uh, it's been doing a lot of um, co conference work, which is what I'm doing now. Um, hopefully, I will make it to the other end after my nine-hour drive from Cornwall to Edinburgh. That's going to be long. I'm not looking forward to it, but I've got loads of podcasts lined up, including last week's Harley and Josh show with Rich, because I haven't heard that yet. So apologies, Josh. I'm really sorry. I don't forgive you. So anyway, I'm going to leave you guys with it. Um, and, uh, you know, sorry, Josh, I couldn't be there today. I hope you're all right without me. I will hope look forward to seeing you soon. Um, all the best, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, go out and smash it. Yee! Wrong show, Harley. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, so that was Mr. Harley Cotton talking about his musical week. Welcome to the Harley and Josh show, ladies and gentlemen. Today, it's the lonely old Josh show, as you've just heard from Harley. Um, so I'm going to be by myself talking about what I've been doing musically for the past week, as well as some amazing music uh, from Telling Truths, The Brackish Edge, Fisty Cuffs, Hunt for Titans, and The Lamplight Club, who are playing with Hot Tramp soon. 
plug. Um, so yeah, stick around for all of that amazing music uh, and also for the gig list at the end. I'll tell you what though, because uh, I love you guys, uh, I want to play some music straight away so you don't have to listen to my, my voice the whole time. This is Gary by Fisty Cuffs and it is a tune they're playing this weekend. Stick around for later on for the gig list. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Gary by Fisty Cuffs. Stick around for the gig list and find out where they're playing. Uh, I love that tune because it's dedicated to one of their top fans or their very top fan. And uh, it's not a lot of bands that do that. So, uh, yeah, nice one, guys. So... Uh, let me just tell you about what I've been doing. So if you guys haven't heard the show before, uh, I'm a professional musician uh, from JS and the Lockerbillies and from a professional teacher as well. And I just sort of kind of my entire life is the music industry. So I like to be able to keep we like to keep you guys updated on what we do every week. So you get a kind of an insight into what happens when you are kind of part of the music industry. But I'm going to start off with teaching because I was teaching uh, with um my schools this week that was uh moorland primary and rendlesham primary uh, as well as some private stuff in the evenings uh it's great it's really amazing to work with primary school kids uh, just because of the enthusiasm they have and a lot of the brutal honesty <laughs> like because they haven't got a filter just yet they haven't grown that bit yet so um in their brain so yeah what i've been kind of teaching has been eleanor rigby by the beatles there's two chords in that whole song e minor and c Amazing. Uh, and it was kind of a little lesson on how good it is to write a song that is simple, but still really good. I mean, you know, Eleanor Rigby was like the first ever track that went onto the charts with just a string quartet. It's quite amazing. Um, but so just sort of teaching them the, the benefits of knowing your chords. And it was I was helping them strum. So um, what I'd do is get them to hold down the chord and then I would strum and then we'd swip, swap around. So uh, I would uh, so I would play the chord. They would strum and get the kind of an idea of, uh, of how to keep time with it. I'd also do the thing where Murray Collins actually gave me this idea, which was um, get them to strum the strings and keep me in time while I play it. So just to show them that if they drop the beat, then other people drop the beat as well. So that was really interesting. Uh, I was also teaching the bad guy by Billy Eilish to do something that's a bit more uh, current so they, they get it. Um, and yeah, that's really, they get really excited. It's really funny when you, because when, I, I, what I do is, I'm like, I've got a new song to teach you this week. Uh, it's these chords. Um, so get them ready. It's usually a song where it's got like, you know, three or four chords and that you kind of, uh, repeat over and over again. So bad guy, Billy Eilish, really good for that. It's just G minor, D, C minor, and D minor. So I got them playing that, and then I put the track on and just see them go, oh my God, I love this song. Oh my God. Um, and they sing along with it as well. So it kind of gets them to uh, sing along with them playing without actually realizing they were doing it. So just that kind of getting them doing this. And then uh, also sort of doing the clap back rhythm thing uh, where I sort of say, okay, repeat this rhythm to me only because that's a Lockerbillies one. And then they'll clap it back and I'll be like, okay, strum it now. So they'll be like, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, just little things like that really do help with with, with their development. Um, and it's been really fun to do that, to be honest, uh, especially when they sort of you know get their, their minds blown with a song that they actually like that they realise they could play guitar on or ukulele. Um, so there's some things that I've, I've, I'm quite proud of was that a couple of my students wanted to wanted to drop out of it this week um from the schools you know they're they're not private the school kind of pays for them to have lessons because they think that they uh, have you know great potential um 
but you know they get their lesson times moved around and i like to mix up who they're in classes with so we don't end up just with the same class over and over and over and over again um and it's quite it, it does mess around with it a bit because they don't uh, always know what time they're supposed to be in and they don't always know who they're going to be in the lesson with but i think it like it sort of emulates that feeling of being in a band with people you don't really know and uh, and still working together but yeah so i'd uh, change some around and some of them were just like, i don't want to do it anymore and i'm like okay that's absolutely fine it's your choice you're not forced to do this but i need to know why and they were like well just don't want to do it and then i'll be sitting there going is it because of who you're in the lesson with and they'll say no that, i mean nobody has actually so far which is pretty good and i'll just be like is it because it's during your play time and they'll be like yes okay right i'll move it to a different time because i'd rather you still did this rather than dropping it and then having to find somebody else to fill in that space and then that kid just doesn't get that benefit of having a little knowledge of an instrument because there's so many people that i talk to that are you know sort of later on uh, after school and are just like oh i wish i'd stuck on with guitar not just for the fact of just going on stage and or, or doing it as a job just for something to do in the evening so yeah i'm really hoping that i can just keep these kids going for it so yeah i'm, I'm quite happy about that that was that was a another really fun thing i say fun i'm being sarcastic um but it's still really important was uh, going back over my safeguarding training and um my um yeah dbs checks uh, as well as behavior policies that is a thing when you are you know teaching in schools specifically i mean a lot of people should do it with whether they're teaching wherever um but just knowing what you should be looking out for if you uh, are you know you're in charge of looking after a child for uh, a sort of a specific a specified amount of time but that's also outside of school if you see one of your students outside of school there are specific ways that you have to interact with them but also you've got to be able to kind of observe to be able to work out as to whether that child is being abused be that verbally or other horrible ways which is really horrible to read about but you got you just got to do it <laughs> um and it's yeah it is it's heartbreaking reading some of the the examples of things that people have have subjected children to and and the stuff that you you read about this and you're thinking how would i be able to find that out so you really do have to listen to the language they use um and just how sort of blase they are about talking about certain topics uh, to the very obviously obvious things like have they got bruises um and are they, you know, they swearing? Are they hearing certain languages that they shouldn't because, you know, of certain situations outside of school? So, yeah, it was horrible to read that, but I'm glad I did. And also the behavior policy thing is really important because it also doesn't talk about what is unacceptable behavior during my classes. It's also what my behavior should be like so that I am giving the child uh, a good kind of role model to look up to. Um, so, you know, certain topics to kind of veer away from um and also just how to sort of direct conversation away from certain things and keep their keeping their focus on things but um it's yeah it, it's important about how you dress and how you you hold yourself and the way that you treat kids so you know try not to make anybody feel like they are less intelligent than somebody else in the class and trying to give equal time to everybody so it's, it's all really important stuff but man it, it, it's it's not it's not a fun read i will say whenever you've got any anything that you have to read that says uh, section two paragraph b point one you're like oh my gosh i am losing the will to live but 
I'm glad I did because it, it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. So anyway, uh, what else did I do? Oh, yeah, the wedding on Friday. I didn't get married. Uh, I was playing a wedding uh, for Reese and Jess. That was quite a special one, actually. I really enjoyed that. It was um, basically he uh, used to go to Planet Music. Um, he had a couple lessons with me. Um, he was a guitarist and, uh, you know, played with bands. Um, he's played, you know, lots of different people as well as acoustic um, and saw us at the Black Tiles in Martlesham, uh, a great show that we did there um, with some really fantastic people there. Um, and uh, we we did that. So we've got a song called She's Dangerous, which is on the Lockerbillies album, available on Spotify and iTunes and Apple and all that stuff. Um, that has a percussion section with the great Ashton Jones in it, who's just been watching recently. Mm, hello, boy. Um, and But of course, we can't be booking Ashton Jones for every single gig because he's a busy boy. So we, what we do is instead we pick up a bunch of glass bottles that I've wrapped in cling film. So if they do break, they don't shatter everywhere. Uh, and some drumsticks and give them to the audience. So it's like a ting, 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 ting. It's an absolute racket. It's an absolute riot. We love it. And because of that, they booked us for their wedding. And they actually asked us to play one of our original songs at a wedding, which just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, that was really fun. But the bit that I really... Uh, enjoyed was that he played a set uh, in the middle of it because he got his guitar out and we, we sorted it out so that he could play. Um, yeah, it was at Two Hoots Barn in Sternfield, I think it is. Really difficult to find the place, but I think they usually do like little Christmas events and stuff like that and they sell Christmas trees out there. So um, it, I just had to look out for Christmas trees um, in the middle of Suffolk, in the middle of September. So that was fun. Um, yeah, so it, it was a nice little venue. We were sort of in this space that was is very long, oblong, cuboid shape, which was quite difficult um, to get it sounding right. Luckily, we've got Murray Collins aboard, who is an absolute genius. Um, so yeah, it, it did sound really good in the end. We had a really good... Um, really good audience that was kind of constantly cycled around the, the the guys in the crowd especially the groomsmen were very 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 rowdy <laughs> i will say that so um yeah that they they, uh, they had lots of uh, paraphernalia which they were trying to make me laugh with and it succeeded quite very well but the weird thing was was it finished by 11 they had a curfew by 11 and usually places weddings uh, the curfew will be 12 o'clock so what we'll do usually is about eight o'clock we'll go we'll play for an hour and then we'll have a half an hour break and then we'll play from half nine till half ten. And then I'll DJ until 12. Instead, this time, uh, the, um, the the curfew was 11. So I just so I literally had to DJ for half an hour after that. And we all got home like before midnight, which was mad. That never happens at a gig. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a really nice little wedding, actually. I really enjoyed that, and I hope we get to play there again. It's a really nice old barn. Um, before I get on to the last bits of my weekend, I'm going to play some more music, because there is such amazing music happening this weekend. Uh, I've got to talk about it, basically. Um, I won't be able to catch any of it, because I'll be gigging myself, but one of the gigs I wish I would be seeing is the Brackish Edge. Uh, they're being put on with uh, Mr. Matt Catling, if you've heard him on IO Radio, he's got his own show. Um, you you will really really enjoy this show. Um, Brackish Edge has got this really nice noise rock style about them. Um, they've got a, this song is I think it might be my favourite one. It's called In the Winter Time. It's got this kind of early Sid Barrett Pink Floyd thing about it um, with, with a female vocalist, and it just it really uh, it just accentuates their vintage roots as well as they've got some very contemporary music coming out so this is in the winter time by the brackish edge check it out 
that was The Winter Time by The Brackish Edge. Uh, shout out to Rick Baylor. They are playing this weekend um, in Ipswich. So if you stick around to the gig list at the end, I will tell you exactly where and when. So that's what we're for. So uh, also, what did I do last week that was musical, hey? So... Uh, we had the wedding at Two Horse Barn, and then on the Saturday, I was uh, teaching at uh, Bravo School of Rock, which is in Stone Market. Uh, that's uh, it's, it's Combs Ford sort of way, and it's at the uh, the Boys Brigade Hall, kind of near um, Gladstone Arms. It's a it's a morning school, so it's nine till twelve, um, and it's it's really there's a really great selection of kids there. They're, they're, they're all getting up on a Saturday morning, coming down and rocking out, and that's perfect i love that um uh, it's it's sometimes a bit of a struggle for me to be human on a saturday morning after i've you know gotten in from a gig very late luckily as i was saying earlier i got in before 12 which is mental so uh yeah so i actually had a brain on saturday morning and we were teaching um sugar we're going down by fallout boy that was a good one to teach because a lot of the kids know it um it's loads of fun it's, it's rocky but it's also sing-alongy uh but it also teaches them about drop D tuning. Now, drop D tuning is when you take the sixth string or the thickest, lowest E string on a guitar or a bass and you take it down two semitones from an E down to a D. So if you think about D as the letter before E in the alphabet, it's the same in the musical alphabet. So you're taking it down to D. That makes it easy to make, play open chords that sound really quite chuggy and heavy um, that you can use power chords by just pushing one finger down rather than having to use your whole hand. So the kids are really enjoying that one. They can do something that sounds really quite heavy without as much finger strain and, and, uh, and sort of you know getting blisters on more than one finger. So they do really enjoy that. And luckily, I didn't have, well, I say luckily, but I was quite happy about it. Didn't have a gig on Saturday night. Um, so I went out to the Art Eat After Party. Uh, that was at Colt Cafe. Amazing lineup. They had Daniel Lee Harvey DJing, the legend that is, as well as um, Impilo opened the whole thing up. My boys, love them. As well as Stretch Soul Gang bringing the house down later on. Um, uh, so that was courtesy of uh, 5011, uh, who have done the watermelon jams uh, in the past and uh, just general good events. Uh, so it was really, really nice to be back at Cult on a Saturday night. I don't often get Saturday nights off. Uh, so being able to go to Cult, where I've spent a lot of my time um, and watching good bands. Um, yeah, there was just Impilo brought some new songs out. They were uh, they were playing uh, with a drum pad, which was triggering. Well, so Rainer was playing with a drum pad, triggering uh, samples, and uh, and also he had a click in his ear. It was one of the tightest I've ever seen him play. Um, they really sort of spread their sound using those different um, uh, samples because you know it's, it's guitar based drums with a with a vocalist and sometimes Gav does some vocals so that does limit you a little bit as to the stereo spread that you can have uh, in terms of instrumentation and textures that you can bring to a song so being able to just put some piano in there some ambiance uh, uh backing vocals that they you know they they wouldn't be able to do live um as well as sort of overdubbed guitar and bass lines that you can't do on just one instrument really did add to the to the experience and I can't wait to see them you know, really utilize that um, for, for future performances. So well done, guys. Stretch Soul Gang, as per usual, amazing. The falsetto on that guy is just so powerful. I mean, I, I, like, it, it's one thing being able to do falsetto well, but it's another thing being able to 
get a bit of edge to it because if you do falsetto voice it's like when you're talking in your child voice like this it can sound a little bit edgeless well, i don't know how to say that properly it, it's just a, a little bit tame so uh, when you get a little bit of gruff noise on it that bit you sound a bit like brian johnson uh, and it's finding that sort of middle ground because they're so funky um you want to have a little bit of gruff to it, but it's still got to be kind of pure and you got to be able to hear the vocals, hear the lyrics, get the melody line. So if you go to ACDC or Iron Maiden on it, then it, it, it sort of it, it ruins it a little bit, I think. So, yeah, well done, guys. Really enjoyed that. Um, wonderful show. Really nice to be able to go out and do that. And I could actually walk home because I live around the corner. So, uh, yeah, good times all round. And I also could be a bit of a roadie and talking to people outside. Um, so the next day, though, I had to be good. I couldn't have... Uh, uh, much to drink always drink responsibly everybody um, because I had two gigs on the Sunday now the first one was at a, a venue I'd not played brand new uh, well it's not brand new it's thousands well thousands hundreds of years old because it's an old church but they have turned it into a um, an arts centre so it's uh, it's called Two Sisters Arts Centre it's opposite the Three Mariners in Trimley St Mary just past Trimley St Martin um, and uh, it's great they've got their own PA system in there um, a, a stage purpose built stage they set all these chairs and tables out and we we set up with my foot stomp pedal which is like a little kind of it's like a little wooden block um, with a with a, uh, a contact mic inside so when you put your foot down on it, it, it sort of triggers a, a bass drum kind of sound. So it just goes straight into my sub. I brought a sub along so that we could still get something bassy because bass can get a little bit lost in churches because they're so high roofed and, and, and uh, a lot of the reverb does take a, a bit of the bass out. So it was nice to, uh, to, ha- to add that. Had Tom on banjo on my left, had uh, Rich Webb on the accordion on my right, and we debuted some brand new songs that I wrote a couple weeks ago um, and hadn't really finished until we played them live and they kind of felt finished and because I was just adding bits as we went. Um, but they uh, they were based on Coco's Treasure or The Loot of Lima, which is um, a pirate treasure off the coast of Costa Rica, which is, still hasn't been found. Um, the Pirate Priests of Minsmere, uh, which uh, is just up the coast in Suffolk. Uh, if you look it up, right near Leyston, um, it's an amazing story about priests who time pirate. And I wrote a song about it, as well as the last one we wrote, which is Black Shuck. Now, if you guys have heard about Black Shuck, he, uh, well, he or she is a black dog that is supposedly a demon dog that roams East Anglia. And uh, there's a great story of him storming a church in the 1500s. So I wrote about that um, and played this very dark song. As the clouds covered the sun at about four o'clock when we were playing uh, and the rain started pouring down outside and the lights, because we have these candles lighting us while, we, while we're playing, as well as these sort of up-facing uh, sort of yellowy lights, uh, it felt really quite spooky, actually, sort of talking about this demon dog. And yeah, so that was that was really quite special. So I want to thank everybody for coming along to that. But we were supposed to be finished by four. I put I went a little bit later because I was really enjoying it. Um, and uh, I uh, <laughs> uh, we had to be playing at the forge at half five. So I wasn't completely sure if that was going to happen. Um, but we made it. We got there. We were playing at half past five. Um, and it was great. It was a really nice venue, The Forge. I do like it there. It's, it's, uh, it's got that rustic feel, but it's still got this, uh, 
yeah, it still feels really clean, <laughs> if you know what I mean, it's looked after. Um, so I was playing double bass for that one, so Rich followed me up for that one. He'd had a long old weekend, so well done, Rich, for getting through a four-gig weekend. Um, and uh, so we set up. Uh, I was playing double bass, Rich was playing guitar, and uh, as some of you guys can see on the Facebook Live, I've got some pretty gnarly blisters on my, my middle fingers. Um, uh, from playing double bass last weekend, not this week, last weekend, um, they were blood blisters and they'd kind of gone a bit, they'd burst basically <laughs> uh, over the uh, over the weekend. And so I wore a glove, uh, sort of one of those magic gloves, you know, the ones that stretch uh, while I was playing double bass with grips on it so that I could actually put, get some purchase on the str strings. And <clears throat> I was so glad I did that because actually my playing didn't suffer. It's really difficult uh, to play in gloves on any stringed instrument because you don't get a lot of feel and also it can be quite slippery in comparison to your skin um, but yeah I, I sort of got a different technique as well because I was sort of getting a bit more of a slap on the two and the four of the bar so if you got one two three four or one two three four so I was going which is much more uh, rockabilly to me it's, it's got emphasizes those uh, the sort of downbeats which you don't have when you're not playing with a drummer because we're playing with just double bass, just guitar. There's no percussion section. So I have to be the percussion section. Or Murray has to be the percussion section when he plays it. Uh, which is most of the time. Um, so, But the thing is, my calluses don't build up during the, the month. Uh, because I'm not playing it as much. Uh, whereas Murray's fingers are as hard as stone. Uh, from, his, from him practicing and, and, and playing live regularly. So I'm all delicate, me. So yeah, um, had a really... Really good, good night, and I'm glad because uh, Vic Boulder, uh, she uh, brought her little baby Charlie down. He's probably, I want to say, six to eight months old, and she's brought him down to two of my gigs now, the sort of quieter ones, and he's gorgeous, lovely little boy, and he's dancing along while I'm playing, and I'm just like, my heart is melting, I can't stop playing, though. <laughs> and at the end of the show, she let me hold him, she let me carry him, and he's just beautiful, lovely little boy. Didn't cry, didn't make any noise, just looked straight up at me, and uh, if I had ovaries, they would have burst at that particular point. But instead, it was just my eyes, I started crying. No, I didn't, I didn't. Well, manly me. Um, so, yeah, anyway, really, uh, hi, Dad. Um... So, yeah, really, really great weekend full of, you know, three gigs um, and, uh, and lots of lessons learned. My favorite part, I think, was the groom on the Friday um, singing to his brand new wife. So Reese singing to his brand new wife, Jess. Uh, and I felt part of it because I was helping them to get, you know, to you know plug him in, uh, get the scene set for him to be able to play. And she sat there in a chair right in front as her family and her friends were all gathered around and he sang love songs to her and I felt oh it was there was some emotion loved it um and, but I think is I, I was right next to the desk so I had this sort of unique view of from behind him looking uh at her uh, as he was playing I got a great photo of him just singing to her it was just really romantic really beautiful so great idea more people should do that um, my, my favorite lesson I've learned. So what I've done, so we Harley and I are doing this. We're talking about sort of what we've actually done and what we've learned from the, from the week. Uh, so maybe you guys can take it on. Um, uh, a lot of the time I am teaching Tuesday to Thursday, gigging Friday to Sunday, and I have Monday to do this, uh, do the, do the show. Um, but the thing is, uh, my private students usually come after the, the school, uh, teaching, uh, 
and I've started to just stagger that out now. So I only do one week on doing private students, one week off doing private students, one week on, one week off, so that I actually do get some evenings to uh, A, have some time for myself, which everybody needs to do. Uh, if you're busy all the time, it's not good for your mental health at all, so be careful. Um, but also, uh, it's to sort of catch up on stuff that's band related, you know, getting back to emails, um, putting out feelers for for other gigs and doing promotion. So, that, you know, I'm glad I've got a bit more time for that. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to play you some more amazing music. Uh, I am going to play. I think this is my favorite find this week. Uh, favorite find this week. Um, this is by the Lamplight Club. They are playing with Hot Tramp at Coda this weekend. You can stick around for the gig list later on to find more info. Uh, this is Take It Out On Me. Check it out. I love it. Oh yeah. They are wonderful. The Lamplight Club. Uh, that's called Take It Out On Me. I bought that on iTunes. Uh, you can find that on all streaming platforms. That uh, might be one of my favourite new finds in terms of bands uh, recently just because of that energy that tone um and just a little bit of uh difference that hot tramp kind of bring to the blues they're kind of doing a similar thing and i think they're going to work really well on the bill so you guys should stick around for the gig list to find out where they're playing next now this is the section of the show where we usually do the music news and the thing a thing i thought about this morning however this week i couldn't really find any really interesting music news for you guys that wouldn't bore you to tears with just facts and figures about new tech startups um, and uh, and sort of law, law legal cases, which, you know, we do do on this show. But sometimes I think because we've, you know, it's just me and no Harley, I want to just sort of share with you some thoughts I've had recently. So I want to give you some figures here. It won't be only, only two, only a couple. So in the Billboard Hot 100 in the past sort of four or five years, only 17% of the songs that charted were female. 2.1% uh, of those uh, have female producers. Um, and only 10.4% of Grammy nominees are female. Now, uh, that, it just shows that there is some problems here in the music industry of representation. Um, I'm not saying it's not getting better, but it needs to be brought to light. So um, I, was read, uh, I was reading a, a, a story this morning uh, of a, a professional female videographer working in the music industry, filming a live gig. Um, she went up to the sound desk. There was a guy on the sound desk. She asked, uh, can I have an XLR feed just from you know the main outs to go to my camera so it can help me to sync up the audio and the visual when I'm in the editing process? Um, which, you know, reasonable, reasonable request, completely reasonable request. Instead, instead of him just saying, no, I can't do that, or yes, I can do that, or uh, I don't know, <laughs> she got a 10-minute lecture on, yeah, so well, it's not going to be very loud. I mean, what do you need it for? It's like, well, I'm going to be doing it for this, this, and this. Well, you don't need that. You need this. Well, I mean, I just need this because, you know, that's what I've asked for, uh, and that's what, I, what I've worked with before. Yeah, but you know, why would you want this? What you, what, what you want to do is 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 take the take the feed out of an aux, um, uh, and you won't need an XLR for that. And and in the end, she was just like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but just give me the thing I've asked for, uh, or don't. Uh, instead of the lecture, 
He does it reluctantly, and then as she's walking off, he can hear her just muttering under his breath about how much of a B-word she is. Now, if you imagine, I mean, so people in the music industry can be condescending. People in any industry can be condescending. Um, I have dealt with it myself multiple times. I just don't think it's, I've, I've dealt with it as much um, as, as some of my female colleagues the uh, the thing is that if I had asked that same thing, the guy would have been like, "No," uh, but you know, you know, what else can we do? There would be a kind of I feel like there would be a bit more of a rapport, like a back and forth, rather being I don't know, I hate the term, but mansplained too. Um, so, I, what I wanted to talk about uh, this week was how can I, as a man, work towards being more equality minded. So, uh, and I just sort of wanted to give you guys some bullet points just to see if maybe that it could help you guys with it as well. So, um, it's the, the thing is with the music industry and with music in general, songwriters throughout history have forwarded, uh, a lot of our beliefs down the line. They have, uh, you know, protest songs, love songs, uh, for different sexes, uh, and different genders, all of this stuff. We need to be able to practice what we preach. So these are the kind of songs that we put out, the songs that we promote, the songs that we manage the artists by, the songs that we record, the songs that we produce, the songs that we do sound for live and that we are so passionate about. However, we don't actually do the, you know, carry out the message that these songs uh, are, are putting out. So we need to really think about uh, how we approach this. Um, for me to sort of try and get myself on the level, I was trying to think about times where maybe I felt um, like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, encroached upon or, or or just not felt good about the way somebody t- t- um, treated me. And I was talking to actually Jamie Chapman and Sophie Wood um, at, uh, at Cult on Saturday. And I kept on getting grabbed. Uh, people would grab my shoulders, hold my hand um, because they'd either see me on stage or they'd met me once. Uh, but they're people that I don't really know very well. People that I know well, if they come up to me and they they, they touch me or they stroke my hair or they, they, they grab my face or something like this, I'm like, ah, I'll give you a bit of a benefit of the doubt. But, you know, personal space, guys, please. Um, but I got touched so many times. Like, people would go past and be like, oh, look, it's Josh. And they'll grab me on the butt. Or they'll, um, I don't know, they'll, they'll start massaging my shoulders. They'll give me a back rub. And they'll be like, hi. And I'm you know, they don't mean it. Well, to me, I don't feel like they mean it aggressively. But therein lies the problem that a lot of women do come across is that uh, it's kind of second-guessing yourself. You certainly think, did I imagine that that was horrible for me? Did I imagine that that was, um, I don't know, that, that that was kind of abuse, that, that, that somebody was touching me without my consent? Um, and that happens so much more to women than it does men like me. Um, and I think it's very important to, to think about that. I mean, I, there's so many times when people have talked down to me, uh, talked across me, um, and uh, condescended me, and I've just sort of been like brushed it off and just been like, oh, I'm not sure they didn't mean it like that. But um, just happening that once, it, 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 it uh, diminishes my pride in myself because I'll be sitting there going, oh, you know, just, just keep quiet, you know, they're, they're, they're paying you or, or, or they're, they're a contact that you need or, or they're, a, they're, they're good for networking or, or you know, they, they might book you in the future. Uh, you sit there and think, okay, don't, don't challenge them. And that is a, a thing that 
that I from reading about this um, that I've realized that, that a lot of women in the music industry do. Uh, they, they, they sort of play down the things that encroach on on their personal space and, and things like this. So uh, I've sort of been reading about different ways that maybe just from myself, uh, adjusting my um, my approach to other professionals, not just women, but mainly women, um, to maybe just practice what I preach and further the messages that we write in our in, in our songs and that we are promoting as uh, you know musicians, managers, songwriters, recorders. So here's my first point: be mindful of the choosing the choice of your words. So you know I I don't think I've ever seen a bloke called be be called bossy or bitchy that's that's a lot of the time been used for for women and also i sit there and think about um um how i address people um it's uh you know guys you're right dudes stuff like this um i mean i'm you know i'm not i'm not saying just don't use that that phrase but i mean uh when you do just sit there and you know address a group as guys or dudes um then uh, it can make women feel excluded uh, i've heard <laughs> not that i know but anyway point two be mindful of greetings so uh dudes are usually going with a handshake or you know the the kind of the upward the the the, the high five that turns into a handshake that kind of thing uh maybe the sort of the shoulder, shoulder hug uh, and so many times in the past i have gone in for the the kiss on the cheek uh for a woman and and so many people do that to me where I don't want them to, that has made me realize, ah, um, I shouldn't do that. I should just go for the handshake. Nowadays with uh, women, I go in for a handshake and if they lean in for the kiss, then I'll go for it. Um, but uh, yeah, then you get to feel that awkward thing. of like, if I'm sitting there going, I don't want to do that. And you back away, you feel like you're being rude. But I think, you know, you need to be wary of the fact that some people just don't want to be kissed. So if somebody does do that, don't judge them on it. I mean, they just, they've got personal space. Maybe they're a germaphobe or <laughs> maybe they just, they don't know you and they don't kiss people they don't know. It's it's completely fine. Um, so I don't know. I'm going with a handshake <laughs> from now on with, with everybody. Um, apart from, you know, close friends and stuff like that. And then I'll go for a hug because um, I'm a hugger. Uh, point three, I've got be mindful of the future as well as the past. Um, it's kind of, you know, how we treat people now. Um it's probably it could be looked on in the future as uh you know we, we may feel like we're being progressive we may be feeling uh, feeling like we are going full-on um um pro, you know equality with it but in the future people might be like why were you doing stuff like that that's really bad um it's also the kind of the thing of uh you know looking at the past that we can sit there and go, oh, God, things were so bad back then. I'm glad we're not like that now. It also gives you that rose-tinted glasses for the moment instead of sitting there going, okay, um, let's learn from that. Let's make sure that let's go over our policies. Let's go over the way that, that we work with people and, uh, and and make sure that we're not doing something that will bite us in the bum in the future. <laughs> um, point four, be mindful of interrupting and talking over people. Um now, I, uh, I think about this a lot of the time. I watched a, a program called Real Time with Bill Maher. Um, I really enjoy the, uh, the political debate they go over. And they do oftentimes have um, a, a very uh, diverse panel that they talk with. But I do watch so many times as a woman will be trying to get her point across. But because the guy has a louder voice, she gets completely drowned out. Um, 
and uh, and I'm sitting there shouting at the screen, just let her finish her point, for goodness sake. I do get quite annoyed when uh, when that happens. I, I'm constantly talking over Harley um, when he's on the show because I've got a louder voice than he has. Um, so I have to be mindful of that when I'm on here. If I'm if I'm mindful of that with a guy, I should be mindful of that with a woman. Um, and also calling it out when somebody else does it. If somebody, if you know, if you're in conversation with people and uh, and you notice that somebody's just talked over a somebody that you are listening to who's a woman or a man whatever just call them out and say hey 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 let them finish their point you know just just help people out a bit um because there's, there's there's no harm in it just let somebody get to their point and then you can either argue it or um you know debate it all that sort of stuff uh point number five give the same jobs to women as to men um i don't you know, there, there are certain uh, jobs that women can do better than men. There are certain jobs that men can do better than women. But in terms of the music industry, um, you know, I, I do have um, uh, guest players in the Lockerbillies sometimes who are female. And in the past, I'm not, uh, I'm quite ashamed to admit it, but I've been like, don't worry about carrying stuff. We'll do that stuff. Um, and then I started realizing, oh, that's actually really demeaning. So I've just made sure that... Um, if ever there's a there's a woman doing a loadout with us, then I'll be like, you carry whatever you feel like you can carry. I'm not going to sit there and say you can't do something because you're a girl and there's, there's girl jobs and boy jobs. Um, you know, I will offer to help out if it's quite a heavy thing, but I'm not going to just be like, no, you can't do that. Um, I think it's a very... It, it's a very small thing you can do, but it's an important thing you can do. Uh, point number six, trust what a woman says about another pro. Uh, if somebody says to you, oh, they were really misogynistic towards me, don't just sit there and say, okay, that's just a small thing. I'll still work with them anyway and not question that. I'm not saying don't work with that person, but I think question it and sit there and, well, you know, question them about it um, and take that on, not as, you know, gospel truth, but as 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 an advisement. Somebody has told you that that person is not, acting properly in a, in a professional workplace so you should take that on board and uh, and and you know judge it how you want to but don't just because there is so much of it going on at the moment with accusations uh, with the me too movement and everything um you can get a bit desensitized with it you can sit there and say oh you know like everybody's everybody's just jumping on this bandwagon it's not a, it's not a bandwagon it's people finally finding a way to, to speak out so um i think it's very important to listen to somebody's opinion you can disregard it whether on the merits of the uh, of the point made put across not on their gender i don't think that's fair at all um so what are we on point seven uh don't presume it's women's job to change the professional environment that we work in because it's not it's everybody's um you know it's by doing sort of you know these kind of points that i'm making here i'm going to be going you know uh working with them uh with these points to sort of make it so that a working environment is easier for women not just women but people you know cisgender people transgender people transgender people all this kind of stuff that you that is not you it's not you know you don't see that mirrored in your own personality so you feel like it's othered but so it's their problem to deal with but no we are all in this together guys um so we've got to kind of change it ourselves uh all as one so the next one point eight don't just be woke in words be woke in actions i hate the word woke i'm sorry i just said it but being progressive and mindful of these issues like i'm doing right now i'm very aware that me sitting there just going yeah we should do this um is is just is words of wind as george rr R. martin would put it um you've got to you've, you've got to actually put that into action 
and uh, you know just posting about how much that you are you know with the movements on social media does nothing it might spread it or spread the word that you are progressive but it it's not actually changing a lot sometimes you know just because everybody can see it doesn't mean that they're actually you know going with your argument all the time and and, and hearing it and having a discourse with you uh, we need to debate these things for them to actually you know make any change make any difference so yeah um it's very important to do what you say that you're going to do and the last one if you do act on these points like i'm talking about like i'm going to do don't expect any thanks from women for being treated equal um that's just baseline the way it should be um don't expect oh wow you're you're you know you're, you're so uh chivalrous or all this sort of stuff oh i'll thank you for being you know an equalitist it's just the way it should be if you're expecting thanks you're not doing it for the right reasons anyway rant over that was jingle oh so yeah thanks for listening guys um you know if i rambled a bit I appreciate uh, that, you know, you can be a bit passionate about this. But anyway, let's get to the very last section of the show. Giggly. Yes, it's Gigglist time. Uh, this Wednesday, 6.30, it's Cocktails and Conversation. Um, my mother is putting this event on in Felixstowe at Copa's Bar. It, you don't have to be a woman in business or working. This event is intended for any woman who wants to connect, socialize, have fun with like-minded women. No need to have an agenda Women empower women. If you just want to get away from the kids, the grandkids, the partner, the family, make friends, bring a friend, come on your own, you'll be made very welcome. So if you agreed with the kind of stuff that I was talking about there and you are a woman, get down to Copa's Bar this Wednesday at 6.30. Go on, mum. Enjoy it. Um, heads up, it's my birthday this weekend on Sunday. So, you know, no gifts necessary, nothing. Um, just go out and support local music and uh, tell them I sent you um, and that'll be my birthday present. Uh, but if you do want to say hello um, and have a party, I'm going to be at uh, the Shamrock in Ipswich this Friday for Layla's birthday. Um, so that's going to be quite fun. It's going to be a big birthday celebration. And I'm also going to be at the Shepherd and Dog in Hoseley on the Saturday. Both of those are Lockerbilly Show full band. Actually, no, there's three of us. So there'll be drums, bass and guitar. Um, so, yeah, hope to see you at one of those. So. Getting on to everything else, 26th of September, that's Thursday. Arms to Oblivion and Cold Harbour are at the Black Horse at 7.30 on Ipswich on Thursday. Some good metal there. Uh, Friday the 27th of September, we've got the Brackish Edge, Kyanos, who we played last week, and DJ Matt Catling, IO Radio's own. That's at the Smokehouse this Friday, 27th of September. Uh... Bands in the Sand is happening this weekend. Uh, that is Saturday, 28th of September at Copa's Bar. Um, Copas, Copas, whatever, Harley, shut up. Um, we've got Kane, Edenvale, Ventures, Hunt for Titans, who I'm going to finish the show off with, The Four O'Clock Robots, A Few Too Many, Fatal Crowbar Injury, and The Slap Happy Rock Band, uh, all happening all day at um, Copa's Bar on Saturday, 28th of September. Bands in the Sand in Felix Day. Um, Coda in Colchester this Saturday, 28th of September, the Lamplight Club, who I played earlier, the Gin Twins, and Hot Tramp, uh, my faves, uh, are playing at Coda in Colchester on Saturday. They're releasing a new single. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. It's wonderful. Uh, also, 28th of September, Scruff Myers, Superhands, is the album release show. That's Saturday at 7.30. Oh, no, 7 o'clock at St. Peter's by the Waterfront. they got Ricky Flagg and one of the guys from War Waves playing on that show. So that is going to be a great great show ricky flag red flag 77 and east ham pirates <laughs> what a lineup anyway uh september 28th also on the saturday we got back to the point 
They are at the Steamboat Tavern. Um, wonderful band. We played them on the show before, including Fisty Cuffs, who we played earlier, uh, and In and Out of Sleep, I believe. So Fisty Cuffs um, will put on a really good show, and I expect Gary will be there. Um, so, 28th also, we've got Repair to Ruin, Hallman, Kilo Down, and Telling Truths. I was going to play some Telling Truths, uh, but I've run out of time because I was talking too much. So, uh, check out um, Telling Truths. It's got a great song called Second Chance on their new EP. Um, great. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on all those different places. Um, but, yeah, that's at the Smokehouse uh, this Saturday. Uh, so, if you like your alt-rock, uh, female-fronted alt-rock, You'll really like that. Um, and last big plug this Monday, Ipswich All Star Rock School is launching for the juniors. That is at um, four o'clock at the meeting place, community centre in Ipswich. It's the same place we used to do the rock project, and it's a lot of the same. Well, it's all the same teachers. So if you really want your kid to be learning some new stuff um, and just to play with others um, and, and learn some social skills, I think you guys uh, would really enjoy All Star Rock School. That's a free session. Sign yourself up at the website, allstarrockschool.com. Um, I believe that's right, but check their Facebook just in case. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and leave some music with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining on the uh, on the Facebook Live, um, thanks to Lynn uh, for keeping me company and to Nigel for his two gigs at Artit uh, with two different samba bands. You must be knackered, mate. Um, yeah, so uh, I will see you guys next one Monday. We will have Harley back. I do hope um, he says he would be. So I will take him at his word. Um, so you will have some company with you. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to finish off with a wonderful band called Hunt for Titans. Uh, shout out to Chewy, the singer. We used to gig together a lot over the years. Um, with um, with Blacktop Harrison. So this one's called Close to the Grave. It's on Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, you guys stay awesome. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>